Your margarita, sir? Ah, this is the life. Oh, man. No. I wonder what the man in Michigan hat is up to right about now. Frustration Nation, presented by Shoot Your Shot Sports. We are the FN podcast for FN fans of FN sports teams. Every episode, we explore the heartbreak, horror, and humiliation of what it means to be a diehard fan. I'm your very cheery and relaxed host and Chicago fan residing in Florida at the moment, Furious George, and I'm here with my miserable co-host and Detroit fan, Man Michigan Hat. Man, Michigan Hat, what is going on today? Well, while Furious George is spring breaking in the sunshine state, I caught the worst flu I've had in my life. Life sucks sometimes. I'm walking on sunshine. Oh! (laughs) Well, thankfully, I have Michigan basketball. We also have exciting Bulls news. Baseball's right around the corner. We are on a sunny beach of positivity that even Dalton-shaped rain clouds can't ruin. At least not this week. <clears throat> yeah, so before we get into... Why did you have to bring up Andy Dalton, by the way, on my <laughs> spring break? Yeah, that's, yeah I should have GTFOH. <laughs> anyway, uh, before I get into my event sesh, let mm. me just say, just so everyone knows, I'm dedicated. I'm on family vacation on spring break, and I still decided to record an episode for you hooligans, so I hope you enjoy it. Um, <clears throat> Thank you for your service. I traveled 17 long, weary hours. With that, I mean, that doesn't include stops and stuff. But I traveled 17 long, weary hours to come and still record in a non-air-conditioned garage. <laughs> so <laughs> we're, at, we're at an Airbnb... <laughs> And the house honestly has thin walls. And so, oh yeah, that's right. (laughs) So me being the only one up late right now, because I'll tell you what, I have an 8.30 tea time tomorrow uh, that I have to be at. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Um, I am, uh, everyone else is asleep. So I am in the garage again. Nice. So I apologize if you hear any noise. I have, there's some laundry going in the background or. Uh, maybe it stopped. Uh, there was a fly buzzing around, and I have a ping pong paddle that I'm trying to get it with. Um, <laughs> there's a fan in this garage. Uh, I'm yeah. There, there. This garage they turn into a game room at this Airbnb, so I'm recording on a ping pong table. Hence the ping pong paddle. Uh, I don't know what other noises you might hear, um, but you know we're in Florida. Maybe you'll hear like. It, may, does Florida have like a boogeyman or Bigfoot version like from the Chupacabra. Everglades? Maybe. Do they have their own version? I feel like they'd have like you, an alligator monster or a swamp monster. Maybe. Right. Swamp thing. If you hear swamp thing, yeah. come come at me. You'll you'll know why. But anyway, I'm 
yeah so i'm i'm ready to go uh, and that's also if it sounds echoey on this uh i don't have any soundproofing really unless i wanted to put a blanket over my head which being in florida and it's not air conditioned in this garage <laughs> i could probably die so uh oh and also i might leave mid-conversation at some point because this airbnb has this room's lights on a timer oh and so yeah yeah so it's on a 60 minute timer so i might have to leave at some point and run out because wow it, it's probably already at like 40 minutes at this point with <laughs> our our show prep so was this all uh, your event session or is this <laughs> no this is just the update on what people should expect to experience this episode oh, okay wow <laughs> so happy spring break everybody <laughs> well then let's go ahead and get into our event sesh and i already mentioned mine but the flu i got last week if you listen to the scorecast that we do also with richie chicago you know that we had to push that back partly with uh both the guys busy. I think you were you were getting ready to leave or something. Yep. Um, so we were all just busy, but I could not have made it down here to the basement if my life depended on it. Um, <laughs> at that point, so I Monday we recorded our episode. Everything was right. completely fine. Wake up in the middle of the night Monday. I thought I had food poisoning or something because it came on so fast. But I threw up probably eight times Monday night. Uh, stayed home from work Whoa, Tuesday. Wait, 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 wait eight times it was more than five yeah didn't we record until like midnight yeah i was up the whole rest of the night basically i went so i went upstairs i slept for like an hour in like jeez yeah it was brutal that that's one of those nights you never leave the side of the toilet no it was one of it's like afterwards your whole body just feels like weak and like your throat feels like it's all like worn out yeah oh yeah and <laughs> you know that feeling don't you <laughs> yep <laughs> but it, it's just where it's like yeah uh so then i stayed home the whole rest of the next day um then the next day i went into work just like before anybody else came in just for like an hour to take care of some stuff went back home so i ended up i was out of work for a couple full days um nice. i didn't eat from monday until thursday Jeez, I didn't, you didn't even try anything. Like, I not tried even like to. I, could, I couldn't keep anything down. I ate two crackers and it was immediately back up. Like even, Whoa. I was even trying to drink Sprite. It was, I don't right? Know. Yeah, it's like you're supposed to drink that when you're sick. I guess it's like a settling agent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like couldn't keep that down either. Like just all I could do is just a little bit. Thanks of a lot, water. LeBron. Right. <laughs> all your commercials are. Yeah, lies. Yeah. Maybe um, it's because you didn't have the special cranberry winter spice sprite. <laughs> I do like that, but not then. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a rough couple days. I mean, I was dehydrated. Not a sponsor, by the way. No. <laughs> if you're ever sick, right? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm over it now, fully recovered. But uh, even afterwards, those first couple of days once i had been able to get up and get back to work and stuff because i got whenever i'm sick at least i really believe the sooner i'm able to get up and just go do stuff the faster i recover like if i were just to stay in the house and just lay in bed i feel like it would like double the amount of time i'm sick you know um so i just wanted to get up as soon as i couldn't go do something but yeah obviously those first couple days you just can't so dang it's probably definitely the sickest i've been since i was like a kid living at home that's crazy because like I mean, 
I'll get fever or right. flu or, or sensation of needing, needing to throw up or whatever. But mm-hmm. I've never had it been so like even in the worst flu I've ever had. I've never had it to a point where I can't even keep saltines down. Like, yeah. That's insane. Or even now as an adult, I'll get sick and like worst case, I'll throw up once, you know. I had right, yeah, I had, yeah, yeah. I had this in forever. Uh, I mean, there's a whole "How I Met Your Mother" episode about. Uh, he's like, I've, I'm puke free since '93, and <laughs> right. like, oh, you got it. Yep. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it, it is. It is kind of a weird. Like as adults, yeah. Unless you're like naturally have a weaker stomach, you don't usually think of adults as having like major puking issues. Mm -hmm. And it's the worst feeling. So terrible. Yeah. So that was a few days. It's also bad when it's. Oh, it's arguably worse than actually throwing up is when you feel food sitting at like the top of your stomach and you yep. you can tell early on that it's not going to go the way you want it to like go. Like slight movement that thing's coming right back. Yep. Yeah. A little yeah. bit of gurgling. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah, so brutal Sorry week to bring uh, up past trauma. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Just rough. So, yeah, that's a very appropriate event sesh. Yeah, um more like my sympathies to you and <laughs> your your digestion. Yeah, um, I'm so, well. Actually, I just I'm back at the gym and stuff. Finally, eating normally again. And I had lost at like right before I started eating again. I had lost like 15 pounds, and I'm at the point through up your whole body. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I'm at the point like a lot of that water weight. You get healthy you start drinking more water and you gain it back but i've still i'm down like eight pounds and so nice. it's like silver lining yeah <laughs> i've maintained the eight pound loss just from not eating for four days so yeah that's crazy yeah what well about you? yeah so um you know i'm down here in spring break and we were we, we were not planning very well ahead so we're, we're down we're about 30 minutes from orlando and we there it was mentioned a while ago when we were talking about this like do we want to go to disney don't we like with covid restrictions and everything is it worth the money uh like what do we want to do and Mm -hmm. i i already like since my kids are three and one i already don't want to do an actual disney trip until they're both older to remember it so i to me, I didn't really care what the decision was if we went or not because I was like, I'm going to do another one later, like, you know, five, six years down the road anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever you guys want to do. And so, honestly, there's a lot of indecisiveness or indecision. And uh, so we went to reserve. They they decided they wanted to go. We went to reserve tickets. Epcot was the only park that had any availability. And by the time we got ready to reserve our tickets, the Epcot tickets were sold out. So mm. Disney was out of the picture. Uh, so we were like, all right, well, what about like Universal Studios? And we look at Universal Studios and it's like, 
you know, I, what? Like, I go to my three-year-old daughter. I'm like, would you rather go on a Frozen ride or a Transformers ride? Like, <laughs> she, yeah, like, it's just different. Yeah, she doesn't give a rip about Harry Potter, Transformers, mm-hmm. The Incredible Hulk, Spider-Man, or what else is there? Like the like, she kind of likes the Minions, but like, I feel like the Minions are the only like really kiddie draw. Or like Universal. Jurassic Park? Do they? Is that theirs too? I think so. Yeah. Again, though. I mean, right. I think she like she would enjoy it, but Universal is like barely cheaper than Disney, so it's like mm-hmm. I'm not gonna spend the money for something. She, like, again, she'd like it, but it, none of the movie stuff would mean anything to her. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so then we're like, okay, well, what about Sea World? So then we look at Sea World. Hmm. It's like, all right, Sea World. That you know, that's pretty cool, and oh, you know, you know, whatever the different things are, and you know, Sea World has rides also. Mm-hmm. SeaWorld's also like almost just as expensive as Disney and Universal. So we're just like, man, I just don't know. Like, it feels like the amount you spend on Disney should only be for Disney. <laughs> right. It should be its own level of. <clears throat> so we were looking about what we were going to do for this one day that we had set aside <clears throat> to kind of go to Disney tentatively. And what we found was the fun spot. Mm-hmm. It's a it's spot. a place. Yeah. Um I found the fun spot while I was laying in bed. And oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell me more. Uh, no. So the fun spot turns out is a theme park around here. Okay. Basically like a discount theme park. Um, it was still 50 bucks uh, to get. It, it's one of those. Per parks person do- or total? Well, it, it's one of those parks that doesn't have an admission fee. It just has oh. fees for yeah. going on rides. So it was fifty bucks for basically the unlimited pass. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. The three-year-old is a tall three-year-old. Like she, most people will say she looks like she's five. Mm-hmm. So she can ride pretty much everything there, either with an adult or on her own. The one-year-old is a month. Like I call her my munchkin because she is very short. Mm-hmm. Um, she was just tall enough to fit on a, you know, like. I think technically she was tall enough to go on two rides <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. So it's like, so we, we got there and I'm looking at the rides and everything, I'm looking at what they can fit. I'm like, all right, well, obviously my three-year-old I'm buying a ticket for. My wife wanted a ticket. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get one. I guess I'll get one in case I want to ride stuff. So I got one. Mm-hmm. So boom, $150 out the, out the window just for us to go on rides. Yeah. My one-year-old, I go to the window. I'm like, no, for her... Like, there's only a few things she can do anyway. Like, do I really need to buy, Mm -hmm. like, single tickets for her? Like, I'm not going to buy an unlimited wristband. Right. Because she's one. Like, and so the lady was like, the lady was honestly sweet. She was like, oh, okay. Um, Yeah, I mean, business is kind of slow on Mondays. So, because we went today. Mm. Business is kind of slow on Mondays. So, uh no she should be fine um yeah and so i was like okay cool thank you so much really appreciate it so we go to the first ride that she can go on and it's just like this truck thing on like train tracks Hmm. and so um my three-year-old goes and climbs in fully expecting her sister to join her in a minute but they scan your wristbands as you go in so i go up and the attendant's like oh do you have a ticket for her or they have like some fun pass or something and i was like oh no lady at the window said that 
you know, it's usually slow on Mondays, so, like, it'd be okay. And I said, if you really need to scan something, can you just scan mine? Right. And she said, oh, see, no, they didn't do that right up there. So, and then she, like, went on this whole spiel with me about what's actually supposed to happen that I actually do have to go buy this, I think it's called a fun e-pass or whatever. Hmm. And first of all, I'm just like, are you kidding me? Second of all, my one-year-old, she, I mean, she's one, right? But Mm -hmm. she, she knows stuff. She understands stuff. (laughs) She like was fully prepared to go on this ride and she was already upset with how long we had to wait. And now she's being told she can't go on. She looked at me. And do you, do you guys do sign language with your kids? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. So she looked at me and did please across the chest. Right. And, it, like, as a parent, it breaks your heart. Because yeah. it's like she's she's asking please. And so, anyway, the, the attendant's just like, sorry, I'll get in trouble. And first of all, it's like, no, you no, no I, I highly <laughs> doubt you will. But <laughs> right. second of all, it's like. Just have a little heart, like, for, like, I'm not going to have, my one-year-old's not going to want to ride this, like, the entire day. Right. Let her go on (laughs) this ride once, this one time, and then I won't bother you again. Like, please. So, anyway, I was like, this is dumb. Whatever. So, I I walked out of the line, gave my one-year-old to my wife. I went back to go get a ticket. Well, I get to the line, and we got there right when the park opened. And within the 15 minutes it took us to go from the park to this ride, have the whole fiasco with her, I go back, the line's packed. And I'm standing in line. It's going to take me probably 45 minutes to get through it just to get these freaking tickets for, like, two rides for my daughter. And I'm just like, this is so dumb. I'm so frustrated. Like, so much for the fun spot. Like, (laughs) the the not fun spot. Like, I, I hate, like... I was, dude, I was fuming. I was very, and I was just standing in line. I just was, every person around me, I found something to hate about them, and I would text my <laughs> wife about it. <laughs> just like. This guy in his stupid red shirt. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who's he think he is? Um, I, I was, I, I had it. I was so frustrated. I had such a bad attitude, and I was just like, you, but. I, I think it's fairly justified personally because it was a miscommunication and going based off of the understanding of the customer is always right. Um, if I were in those shoes, unless they have had a like a serious problem in the past and I've been told, mm-hmm. if you let one-year-olds on the ride that don't have a ticket, you're going to be fired, right. uh, then I'm probably going to cave and let the one-year-old ride and just assume the customer is right. Yeah, um, especially because you guys have already sunk the cost of f- several full price tickets, and exactly. you're there before anyone else is really because you got there right when it opened. So it's not like it's busy or she's taking up a spot somebody else was going to use right then. You know exactly. Yes, yeah, it, it it was so frustrating. So hmm. I left a review. Oh, you <laughs> furious yes. Karen. Yeah, I actually asked my brothers in law. I said, "What's the like? What's a good male name for Karen?" And they just both yeah. said Kyle. Kyle. <laughs> and like, it's appropriate. Yeah. Um, yeah, here is my one star review of the fun spot in Orlando. Should be called the no fun spot because it's a little insane what they expect for children. 
I have a one-year-old who is tall enough for like one ride, not even old enough to wear a mask, and they are going to make me go buy her a pass? A good way to rip a family off and ruin a day. Watching paint dry while sipping on bleach would be more fun than the so-called fun spot. (laughs) (laughs) Man. Yeah. So the fun spot is definitely not a sponsor. (laughs) And I don't want your sponsorship. I don't care if you're offering millions of dollars for us to advertise for you on this here platform. (laughs) You can go sit on one. Tell on all our listeners spot. go leave a one star review on the fun spot. <laughs> right. Now. Oh, that's a good suggestion, actually. Yeah. If you they find yourself having fifty one star time, reviews overnight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you find yourself having free time, first of all, you know, listen to this full episode. Yep. Subscribe to us if you haven't. Donate to Patreon. Buy our merch. All the things that can actually make us money. But once you've done all those things, then go back to Fun Spot in Orlando. And leave a one-star review to me and rant for me and rant about whatever you want to rant about. <laughs> Let me see. Fun Spot America theme parks. Oh, yes. Okay. I hope. Reviews. I re- le- you need to leave something. I actually took Mich- it down at Michelle, one point. Michelle, spelled M-I-S-H-E-L-L-E, said, had a blast. Well, it must have tickled her fun spot. Um, I'm gonna give him a one star if you right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so I I took mine down for a minute, for a second. Uh, oh, it's not up anymore. I don't remember. If I'm I checking the one star reviews. Let me see. Well, I might have. I don't know, but what you should do is you should leave a one star review right now. I'm gonna leave a one star review and just say, <laughs> "Furious George sent me." <laughs> <laughs> that's all you're gonna say. <laughs> uh, let's see. What should I say? Uh, <laughs> no, you should. I oh no, this is what you should you should say? I was sent by the Frustration Nation podcast. <laughs> all right. To to say how horrible this theme park is. And you should make it a five-star review. Make it a five-star review, but say that so it shows up at the top. Play the system. I was sent by the Frustration Nation <laughs> podcast to say this place sucks. <laughs> but leave, make it a five-star review. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I just sent it. <laughs> review posted. Thanks. <laughs> All right. I want to see it now. I'm going to see if I can see more one-star reviews and see. I don't know why. I don't remember. I don't know why I took mine down. I, I should put it back up. Coward. Let's see. <clears throat> the pictures are cool. I mean, it was it was nice for like a discounted place, but yeah. it was still. It's like a like fair that. kind of like as far as like. Well, it's like bigger than that, obviously. But like, did you have funnel cakes? No. Apparently, the line was super long. My brother, my brother's law went to go because <laughs> the somebody left a two star review. Everything was good, but the people at the funnel cake shop are terrible. <laughs> Probably the lines were long. <laughs> yeah, so I was waiting in this super long line to try to buy a ticket my wife texted me and was like all right well i'm gonna go buy hazel a snack and i said oh i said nope sorry you can't do that you need to have a ticket for that 
<laughs> right. I was so mad, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so anyway, that's my event sesh. That's my event sesh. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually going to put my review back America. up. Watch oh, it saves dry. it when you pull it? Or just yeah, retype it? paint dry while sipping bleach would be more fun than the so-called fun spot. You should say, hear more of my thoughts on the Frustration Nation podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Their whole review page is just promos for <laughs> Frustration Nation. <laughs> huh. The fun spot. All right. Epi- episode 85. <laughs> New episodes every Tuesday. <laughs> so be sure to donate subscribe. to our Patreon. <laughs> And if you get as frustrated as we do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Post Shameless. (laughs) All right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So now it says, watching paint dry while sipping bleach would be more fun than so-called fun spot. Hear more of my thoughts in the Frustration Nation (laughs) podcast, episode 85. New episodes every Tuesday. Be sure to subscribe. We see our viewership just spike in Orlando, Florida. (laughs) Huh. That would be great. They might wonder what that is. Like if we're a, a page that That's reviews, why I did it, dude. That reviews places. And then maybe they would check it. We sh- Maybe we should do this more often. <laughs> yeah, forget ads. <laughs> All we need yeah. are promos to just leave reviews everywhere. <laughs> plug in our podcast. I like this idea. It'd be like one bite reviews that Dave Portnoy does. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. he just... We just pick random businesses. <laughs> One park, <laughs> everyone knows the rules. Right. <laughs> I like it. Uh, oh right. man, well that was that was an extended vent sesh for all you. Happy spring break if you're on it, and if you're not on spring break, then uh, I'm sorry. If you're going to be on spring break, then you have a lot to look forward to. And if you're too old to have spring break, then you should have been a teacher. Uh, <laughs> Good point. Yeah, exactly. So. Let's go ahead and move on to our main topics. Uh, we've we had some more March Madness. We're into the Elite Eight at this point. Uh, do they do Elite Eight and Final Four in the same weekend, or do they stretch it out? Yeah, Final Four is starting now. So uh, Houston, they just, did Elite Eight. Did it what? It's playing right now. They're playing right now. No, sorry, no. Elite Eight is happening right now. So okay, no, Elite Eight will be this weekend. Um, Final okay, so Sweet Sixteen and Elite Eight kind of happen the same weekend, and then Final Four will be later. When is Elite Eight? The first Elite Eight game just happened, and that was Houston what? beat uh, Oklahoma State, Oregon State, or Oregon State. Yeah, yeah. So that was the first Elite Eight game, and I think Baylor plays tonight. Still, let me look. What? But why are they doing this on? Oh, because. Oh, I'm just putting this together. Let me see. Is this because Baylor's playing right now against Arkansas? Is this because like last week when they had the whole thing where it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and so now it's Saturday, Sunday, and Monday? Yeah, it kind of just overlaps like that. And then once you get to Final Four, then it's a whole separate weekend, just Final Four, then a week until the final. Or actually, no, I don't even think it's a full week till the final. I think it's Final Four is like a Friday, Saturday. And then the final is on like a Monday. 
So I think they do like the same thing for that. So yeah, Michigan plays tomorrow. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, it's weird. You'd think they'd have more time between. Well, what I'd like you to do right now is to talk to our listeners about what Michigan basketball has been doing. Your thoughts on March Madness. The lights came went off on me here in that. the garage, so I'm going to go <laughs> turn those back on. You go ahead and start. Yep. So, uh, yeah, just quick summary for those who, I guess, haven't watched or don't know. Michigan beat Florida State in the Sweet 16. Uh, right now we're recording on Monday night, so this just happened on Saturday. Um, so, yeah, now we play UCLA. If you're listening to this on a Tuesday when the episode's posted, they will be playing tonight against UCLA. Um so, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll give some thoughts uh, once Kyle gets back from turning the lights on, which I saw they just came on. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit. But obviously, as a Michigan fan, super happy, super excited. Um, UCLA is going to be interesting because <laughs> it'll be the first time in this tournament that Michigan is playing a team that wasn't the highest possible seed they could have played at that time. So, like, first game, you play a 16 seed. Then they played LSU, which was the tougher of the two teams they could have played. Then they played Florida State, which is a higher seed than who did Florida State beat? Yeah, Colorado. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, this will be UCLA is, like, the first break we get. Like, there's still – you're far enough into the tournament now that all these teams are hot, all these teams are good. And so, like, it's going to be a tough matchup no matter who you get. But we finally get, like, a good draw, if that makes sense. You know, like, this is the first – thing upset that kind of benefits you the thing about ucla that i think is significant that could come into play is don't forget they played the play-in game against michigan state yep so they have that extra game on their legs Mm -hmm. which in some ways you can see as it was a benefit to them because it got the ball rolling it gave them momentum going into the tournament right and it's benefited them going you know getting to the lead eight at this point but does it catch up to you at some point yeah you would think at some point it would catch up. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah. So, and honestly, like, they're playing really well right now. And they do have momentum. Obviously, like, once you're in the tournament. Yeah, what the heck? Is John Wooden still the head coach? <laughs> right. <laughs> once you get this far into the tournament, obviously, everyone has momentum because you would have had to win multiple games to get to this point. But, um, so that's kind of a wash. Like, all these teams are right. hot. Um, but, when you look at like how good they actually are, UCLA is just not that good of a team. Like any given game, they can they definitely can beat Michigan, but honestly, I think you play this game 20 times, Michigan wins 18 of them. Um, Isn't that kind of how Oral Roberts felt though too? Yeah. Like and I mean that can happen, but the same thing with that game. I think if you replay that game 10 times, Ohio State wins 9 of them. Like Right um you just that's the one and so it could still happen michigan could lose to ucla um but i feel good about it knowing just the odds favor you if you're michigan um so obviously you can't look ahead at this point but it's hard to not look ahead a little bit and think about is it going to be a michigan gonzaga final four here in another week um yeah which i mean that'd be a huge matchup it would be so um, probably really good viewership on that game. I'd think. Oh yeah, definitely. So, because um, where did Michigan end the season in the in the rankings? Third, I think. Or, so no, the third or fourth. I can't remember. 
I don't remember if Baylor finished higher than us or not. I know they're seeded one spot or two spots higher technically, and Illinois was seeded higher. But I don't remember if that they were ranked higher. Either either way, if you get Gonzaga, Michigan, because Illinois lost to Loyola, it's your it's the only matchup you'd have of two one seeds facing each other right. until potentially either Michigan or Gonzaga versus Baylor. Yep. So it would be huge for viewership. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think whichever so. team won that would probably be favored in the finals. Um, so yeah, you think over Baylor probably. Um, I think Gonzaga definitely would be if Michigan wins a close game against Gonzaga. I think they'd be favored against Baylor, but yeah, or at least as a fan, I would be looking at it like we just beat the tougher of the two teams. I feel right. better going against Baylor, you know. So, um, yeah, it it's kind of changed my perspective on this a little too. Like coming into the tournament, it was kind of like a playing with house money kind of thing, like expectations had been lowered with livers being out um and i obviously wanted to win some games i knew we'd win our first round um at least 99 percent sure um and then after that it's like hey if we beat lsu and then lost to florida state or whatever you know like that like you're disappointed but you you win a couple games in the tournament at least you're not embarrassed you know uh, this is Jawan Howard's second year as head coach. Yeah, and first time okay. in the tournament because last year yeah, it was canceled, so obviously. So definitely a house money kind of. But yeah. then, and that's how I've been looking at it. But now, which it's like it's setting up perfectly for me to get <laughs> my to get hurt heartbroken. Now my expectations have shifted, and how could they not? It's like now you're looking at one win away from the final four, and it's against the lowest seeded team we've played since the first game, like does scare you a little bit doesn't it like Like, yeah like part of me is like okay maybe this could end up being a better like a more magical run than i thought was possible um i I don't know yeah because it could either be a huge break like you said or worst thing to happen is it gets into the michigan players heads like oh look we're only playing an 11 seed yeah Yeah. um I yeah. mean, I'm sure – I highly doubt Howard isn't coaching that into them, like focus on UCLA. Mm-hmm. But it would it's hard to, as a player, to still not have those thoughts. You know? Or the like, thing is, I don't think Michigan will be any different, but I, UCLA is going to be more fired up than a higher-seeded yep. team might have been yep. in their situation because they're going to be more like we're the Cinderella team, like we have nothing yep. to lose, you know, whereas another team might play approach it differently. So, Yeah. Um, the entire state of Michigan would certainly hate UCLA after this tournament <laughs> right. if they beat Michigan. Yeah. Well, that's the worst part with it being UCLA is, which s- stupid fans will say stupid things, and I'm trying to learn to not let that bother me too much. But you know, there's going to be Michigan State fans then who would somehow feel justified, like there's yep, like yep. it was just as Vindicated embarrassing for Michigan, like yeah. it was just as bad for Michigan as for us when clearly it wouldn't be there's a difference between losing in the elite eight to a team and losing in a play-in game but yep um there's fans well, who would say that so which by the way can you maybe you can explain this to me since you're more of the the college sports expert on this podcast mm-hmm. um why when you're in a play-in game why were these play-in games for like the 11 seed to me, it would make sense that a playing game would yeah. get you 16, maybe 15. Yeah. Like, if you're playing in, it means that you didn't make it, basically. Right. And they have a few spots left. And so, you auto- to me, you automatically play one of the lowest. 
Like how to me, it seems a little unfair, frankly. The UCLA got eleven. Like why is you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think part of it is because the, those play-in teams, which I'm not sure what the rules are. Like if it needs to be one of the major conferences or like what the rules are for it. But usually those play-in teams are teams like Michigan State, UCLA. Maybe like this year you could see a team like Kentucky or Duke getting in there in one of those play-in games. Blue Bloods. It, it's kind of a spot for teams that, yeah, aren't as good. Um but I feel like it'd be dangerous to put them at a 16 seed because they're good enough and have a good enough. A lot of those play-in teams usually have a good enough history, good enough coaching, and just have underachieved that season to where that'd be a really tough matchup to get them as a 16 seed as when you're a one. You know, so it just I seems think like messed up s- logic to me, though. Right, it, which it, I get it, that it, I haven't heard because an to me, if you're really, like, but. I don't care even if you're. Even if UCLA, Michigan State would rank better than an Oral Roberts, Mm -hmm. to me, Oral Roberts, you made the tournament, congratulations, you're up higher than UCLA, you don't have to play number two Ohio State, Mm. like, or who who is it that played Gonzaga, like, you don't have to play number one Gonzaga, you get to play you know, number three or number four, whatever. Mm-hmm. Where And then UCLA, okay, now you go beat Gonzaga. Yeah. Like, to me, I feel like you should reap what you sow a little bit. And if you are in the the playing game, you are playing for a, your dear life, for your chances to be in the tournament. Mm-hmm. And to me, that means you should be in the 16, maybe 15 seed. Um, yeah. It just seems it seems kind of cheap to the teams that are ranked below them. Because now they have yeah. to play better opponents. Mm-hmm. It, it's it, it's kind of it's just silly to me the way they have that set up. Anyway. I think it's just to protect the higher seeds because it doesn't make sense for those lower seeded teams. Like they're definitely less deserving than the other low seed. I think it's just the fact. Like as a Michigan fan with the number one seed, would I have rather faced Texas Southern? Which there they have a play-in game too for sixteen. Like it's because mm-hmm. when you follow the bracket, it's either them or them, you know. So like they have a separate mm-hmm. play-in for that. But like Texas Southern as a sixteen seed, easy win, like never in doubt. But if that was UCLA or Michigan State, like just clearly program-wise, way ahead of where a what you would expect a sixteen to be. So even though like. As far as for the team itself, they don't deserve more than a 16. By putting them in a 16, you create a really difficult matchup for those I see. higher seeded so teams. So it's more of it's more to protect setting. the high seed teams. I got you. Yeah. So they're kind of assuming with those okay. play-in games that it's going to end up being a team that, yeah, they shouldn't get any benefit <laughs> it's more... from making the tournament. But you also, like, you don't want to create a super tough draw or a bad matchup for your you know what they should do you really want if you really want to make things interesting is so let's say michigan right let's say they're let's say you know they're number one Mm -hmm. let's say the 16 seed is empty the you know um or no sorry let's say the 16 seed is filled with just texas southern let's say it wasn't a playing game Mm. texas southern is your 16 seed and let's say ucla michigan does the play-in game? What if they had it so the number one seed in each in each division of the bracket? They get to make the call hmm. after the play-in game is over if they would like to play the winner of the play-in game or the team currently slated at sixteen. That'd be interesting. Uh, 
Yeah. Wouldn't that be? Because okay, I, mean, I assume would... every team would pick the one currently slated at 16 because those are usually like teams with lots of wins. So that's why they made the tournament, but they play in like a yeah Mickey Mouse fate conference. So uh-huh. um, I don't know if I'd have to look back and see. Maybe there was a situation where a team would have picked the the other one. I'm not sure. Hmm. Probably at some point, but yeah. It's interesting. Know. Yeah, but the whole thing of seeding and stuff, that's interesting because that's what Illinois fans have been upset about. They're complaining Loyola Chicago shouldn't have been seeded what they were and that it created like an unfair matchup for them in the second round, which like if you're really a one seed, if you want to argue, they shouldn't have been an eight seed. They should have been like a four. Well, you should still beat a four. But, I mean, you get yeah. the point that if you're they a one seed, a you wouldn't want to face them that soon you know yeah yeah so uh the whole thing with seeding is interesting there's always teams that feel like they got screwed based on we were in this region or uh look look let's just put it this way everybody knows that a major element to winning any championship in sports is luck Mm -hmm. not to take anything away from the players the coaches or anybody else involved right but there is always an element of luck. Mm-hmm. And in college basketball, with how insane the tournament is for the national title, like you, you've made this statement before. Like it says something that in college they raise banners for making the final four. Right. Like you didn't even you didn't technically win anything, mm-hmm. but you made the you made the semifinal, which right. makes you god in some schools you right. know yep. um, and so really when it comes down to i really feel like okay everyone's been saying gonzaga is pretty much gonna run away with the tournament and so far they have because they've beaten every opponent by like 20 plus mm-hmm. um but they, they there still has to be there, there's still an element of luck here or there i always think about the cubs world series the cubs to me mm-hmm. were definitely the t- more talented team than the indians the indians had more injuries on their team, all this stuff. The Cubs were going to lose game seven. And that rain delay yeah. that they called, that was a 17-minute rain delay, first of all, kind of dumb. Like, since when do they call 17-minute rain delays? Usually mm-hmm. it's like at least an hour, right? They call a 17-minute rain delay. It stopped every, It stopped the Indians' momentum, and it allowed the Cubs to start the game fresh. Mm-hmm. Like, lucky. It's it comes out of nowhere like yep. it's just lucky and it's a big element in sports that we don't like to think about because it's beyond our control and understanding. Well, I mean, Packers fans told me, yeah, Brady hundred percent lucked his way to ten Super Bowls, and that, I mean, there's no better oh, yeah, example than that. Yeah, so. true. Good point. Yeah. Good point. No, you're right. And college, in general, when you're dealing with college athletes, it increases the luck. And it's lower scoring than like NBA is. So the margin of impact on every lucky play or fluky shot or whatever, it has a bigger impact when you're yep. scoring like 60 points a game, you know, one yep. lucky three as the shot clock expires and the, like in the second half could be the difference between your season being over and you making a final four run. Like, right. yeah, with, I, that's what makes the sport so awesome. The tournament so great. Um, and I mean, it's always going to lend itself to hypotheticals, but uh, yep. yeah. Yep. That's sports for you. Yep. So super well, excited though, as a Michigan fan, like 
Yeah. Like, I mean, oh, yeah, for sure. G- favorable matchup for us, which if you're listening to this on Tuesday, the game's tonight. You may be listening to this later, and maybe Michigan's already won or lost or whatever, and it'll make a lot of this uh, change. Um, but looking at it right now, I really like our matchup in the Elite Eight. And then if you get to the Final Four, assuming it's Gonzaga, that's obviously a tough matchup. But remember when the tournament started, there were some thoughts is Gonzaga legit or did they play an easy schedule? There's an element of luck thrown in too. Like, do I think if Michigan I mean, faces Gonzaga and a winner takes out, takes all, all you need to do is beat them once. Do I think it's possible Michigan beats Gonzaga? Absolutely. So I, I mean, I, yeah, yeah. if there's any team that is equipped to beat Gonzaga, it would be Michigan. Mm-hmm. Like, you're looking at Michigan and Baylor as the two remaining teams that have the most legit legitimate shot at taking down Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. And yeah, may and, and you know you, you talked about like Ohio State Oral Roberts how maybe, you know, in a te, te, uh, nine or ten, nine out of 10 games Oral uh, Ohio State wins mm-hmm. that game. Well, with Gonzaga Michigan, it feels more like seven. six out of ten times, right. six or seven out of like ten with, times. Without Gonzaga livers, wins. does Gonzaga beat Michigan seven out of ten times? Maybe, but yeah. does that mean three out of the ten times you you flip a coin and Michigan beats Gonzaga? I'll yep. let me see what happens. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah. All I know is, man, Michigan hat's probably gonna be losing his mind throughout <sighs> that game. Yeah, it's gonna be intense. Yeah. So let's hope let's hope Michigan makes it there because I'd like yep. to see I'd like to see that absolutely. So, yep. uh, definitely cheering for Michigan tomorrow against UCLA. Thanks. Yeah. Well, welcome, speaking man. of more basketball, but moving to the NBA, <laughs> Bulls have some big news, right? Yeah, yeah. The the Bulls uh, traded away basically everybody that Gar Foreman and John Paxson held near and dear to their hearts. <laughs> everybody except Laurie Markkinen, basically, mm-hmm. and acquired. Um, bunch of different guys um most notably though is nikola vucevic mm-hmm. uh confirmed by the youtube page how to say so if you're ever wondering how to say something go to the how to say youtube page it's totally legitimate it's basically this guy who says whatever it is you're wanting it him to say but he says it like seven times just in case you didn't get it like the nikola vucevic video i watched it 45 seconds he just repeats nikola vucevic nikola vucevic nikola vucevic like all right dude all i needed was once (laughs) once is all i needed anyway um this is a huge move because a lot of people were saying, what are the Bulls going to do with the trade deadline? Are you sellers? Are you buyers? What do you do with Zach Levine? You know, he finally made an all-star game. Um, in like a year or two, he's, gonna, he's going to require a max contract. Um, mm-hmm. Like, so what are you going to do? Um, and so post-all-star game, the Bulls have been god-awful. They've been so bad. They've lost five of the last six games. They're not good. And so with the way it's gone since the All-Star break, a lot of people just said the Bulls are either going to sell or they're just going to stay put until the offseason and then, you know, just do all their movements then. And nobody, like the, the big name that the Bulls had been attached to is Lonzo Ball uh, mm-hmm. because the Bulls desperately need a true point guard. Um of starting caliber 
and Lonzo Ball had, was like reportedly on the trading block and all this stuff. So mm-hmm. the Bulls were tied to him, but not really anybody else of note in midst of the trade deadline. And then all of a sudden, very literally out of nowhere, comes the Woj bomb that Nikola Vucevic has been traded to the Bulls. Mm-hmm. And it's this is a huge deal because... Everyone thought the Bulls were just going to be like, all right, we're just going to take our lottery pick and hope that it's high enough. You know, maybe we luck ourselves in the number one. We can get Cade Cunningham. Like, mm-hmm. you know, again, luck in sports, right? Let's just hope. Um, but no, Arturis Karnaschovas came out and made a statement saying, I am not about tanking with this organization. I am not about like what I came, he, he had a quote, something along the lines of what I came to do when I was hired here is to win. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you want to hear from your front office. Somebody who's determined and somebody who will do what it takes to make good moves. And now you've reunited Zach Levine with Nikola Vucevic, who played on the all-star team together earlier this year. And for the first time in a very long time, the bulls can say they have two all-stars on their team. And when you consider the All-Star game has the top 24 players represented in it, to have two of the top 24 players on your team is a huge deal, at least in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. So Vucevic, th- th- there's, I will say, I guess, a little downside to the trade. Vucevic is already 30, so I don't know what his deal looks like. I do know that it's a little more team-friendly than Otto Porter Jr., who was traded in that acquisition uh with orlando Mm -hmm. um which is consequently where i am around right now (laughs) vucevic went from orlando to chicago i went from chicago to orlando so i was part of the trade package i think yeah right (laughs) Uh, but the bulls gave up Otto porter jr wendell carter jr and two future first round picks um for nikola vucevic and Aminu is the last name. I think that's Al Farouk Aminu mm-hmm. is the name of the other player they acquired. He seems decent so far, uh, but it, a lot of Bulls fans are saying, wow, this really feels like a lot. You, like, Why did you have to throw in the two first-rounders? Well, the answer to that is because Otto Porter's contract was yeah. out of control. Right. And just like we saw with the Matt Stafford trade mm-hmm. or the Lions acquiring Jared Goff, Anytime a team asks another team to take on a player's large contract, you have to throw them a bone. Yep. You have to give them something that will ease the pain of taking on that extra cash. Mm-hmm. So the Bulls threw on not one but two first-round picks. So if you really want to look at what was needed for Nikola Vucevic, it was probably Otto Porter Jr., Wendell Carter Jr., and a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. It was probably that, but because Porter Jr.'s contract was so bad, they threw in a first-round pick, and the Magic threw in Al Farouk Aminu. Basically, so, exactly like how the Stafford Goff thing went down. Right. Right. Yeah. So the here and here's how the first-round picks are shaking out. The 2023 first-round pick the Bulls traded is just 100% strictly Orlando's to do with as they please. Mm-hmm. The 2021 first-round pick, so this next year's first-round pick is a protected pick 
for picks one through four. So basically, okay. for everybody that doesn't understand, and I, I say this just because I didn't understand what it meant. I had to Google it myself. But a protected pick means uh, – it was described to me that basically NBA front offices will basically take a player assessment in a trade. And basically what the Bulls are saying in this trade with Nikola Vucevic is like, we believe that Nikola Vucevic will help us to be good enough to be anywhere from the fifth pick onward. Mm-hmm. And they create teams create a little protection for themselves, which is the protected pick, by then saying, however, in the scenario that things don't work out, Vucevic gets injured, whatever, and we end up with a one through four pick that still comes to us. Right. So you get the pick unless we're that bad, you know, right. Which then the, the other Orlando is making the bet too. We're trading you him. We also think he's going to get you out of there, out, exactly. the, out of that range. So, which seems safe one through four, like it's a big drop. So it's safe to assume. Well, and, and that's just it is like, it sounds bad. Bulls fans. I think part of the problem is that a lot of people who are Bulls fans are also bears fans and bears fans are, have a lot of trauma from Ryan Pace, just, throwing away first round picks for cotton candy like and he's probably gonna do it again this year excuse me oh sorry it's late and i have a nice early tea time eastern i think i mentioned time. that once already <laughs> yeah it is eastern time yeah keep mentioning that yeah i have a tea time. i'm gonna keep mentioning that some of us have uh work and other things by so. the way in a couple <laughs> days i get to play at the magnolia golf course which is at disney wow. which is where actually there was a pga tour final round hosted at this magnolia golf course Ooh. yeah <laughs> that is cool yep. i'm 100 percent buying a hat or something when I'm oh you there. should yeah yeah, and, um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, where was I? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Flawless transition. So yeah. the point is, point is, I think Bears fans and Bulls fans yeah, are yeah. a lot of the same people. They're they have PTSD from how one general manager has handled first round picks, mm-hmm. and you just have to keep perspective that NBA first round picks, although they are valuable, mm-hmm. are at least in my opinion, way more hit or miss. Yeah. NBA drafting in general is way more hit or miss than football, I well, feel. Like, like, look at this year. Like, Patrick Williams has been, like, a decent guy, okay, role player, yeah. but he's not a starter. And yeah, Pistons draft Ball. Killian Hayes, and he has he got injured, like, a week into the season and hasn't played at all. You don't know what he'll be, you know? Right. And then, yeah, LaMelo Ball, like you said, like, he was a big name in the draft, but nobody knew for sure what he, he would be, and now he's and- been... Awesome. Rookie of the year front runner, even though he's injured now. Yeah. So, yep. yeah. It, but and, and even even then, like everybody said in this first draft or in last year's draft too, they said it's the first three are going to be some combination of Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, and Lamella Ball. You know, a lot of people are saying I don't know what order it is, but it's definitely those three. A lot of people are saying the draft really starts at four because we don't know mm-hmm. who will the Bulls will pick at four. So if you look at that, if you look at this past draft in the same perspective right. with next year's. One through four okay, protected. Past yeah, that, you're protected you know. one through four. Yep. Hopefully anybody that is considered a high-level elite talent, you can acquire in that one through four range. Mm-hmm. And if not, I mean, 
you, you, yeah. So I the, think it was yeah. on the surface when you see two first round picks and two players for two players back, it seems not great. Mm-hmm. But I think the protected part is something that a lot of Bulls fans don't realize that I do think is important. And I do think, even though the Bulls had been struggling, um, I don't think there's any chance they end up in that one through four range. Like, there's too many other bad teams. Like, the Pistons are going to be worse than them. Uh, Then you have teams like the Rockets, teams like Timberwolves, who are, like, miles behind the Bulls. So it's like, realistically, there's three of your four already. Like, I just don't see any way they're in that range anyway so the the worst thing that can happen bulls fans is at this Fifth. point is if the if the bull yeah if the bulls <laughs> barely miss the playoffs and therefore entered in the lottery and they get something just lower than yeah fourth um but i mean you still have to look at that as uh, our tourist karnashovas has said that he plans to be like very active in free agency and stuff mm-hmm. this summer's free agent class is supposed to be pretty good although a lot of them were signing extensions this past year mm-hmm. uh so we'll see all who's all available but um hopefully hopefully you'll have some good talent available and if you're a free agent zach levine is like kind of a draw but now that you have zach levine and vucevic mm-hmm. okay wait a second like if i'm so I, i'm not saying this players coming to the bulls or anything i'm just kind of throwing things out there Mm -hmm. if i'm Kawhi leonard right and i'm a free agent which i think he is because it wasn't just a two-year contract with la yeah i might be like okay i see what zach levine has emerged to be Mm -hmm. i see nikola vucevic as one of the best big men in the game like if you add my talents to this we could really be a top three four team in the east and it really it just shows that the bulls are willing to be players and like exactly and like they're willing to make big trades they're willing to go get guys and that's super huge and it's attractive like you said to free agents because more than any other league the nba is player driven so you see like super teams being made you see players getting together guys reaching out you want like trying to get or recruit other guys and it's like basically players forming these teams by themselves so when players see that you have a front office at a at a big city a big destination like chicago they have a front office who's willing to go along with that that's super attractive to free agents and basically for the first time since the derrick rose era the bulls have a positive outlook nationally from the national sports media yeah because They've been the Bulls have been praised by just about everybody. Every NBA expert, multiple players around the league have mm-hmm. praised the Bulls in this acquisition of Vucevic. Like the only um, people I've seen say that the Bulls lost this trade are Bulls fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So that just that says a lot, right? Right. So I, I think the point is AK, which is Arturis Karnaschovas, he is here. To bring the Bulls in an entirely new, new direction. The Bulls have been a joke of the league really since the Jordan era, with the exception of a few years there of MVP Derrick Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to ha- finally have leadership that seems to know what they're doing, um, I don't know. It's just awesome. For sure. I will say, I love Nikola Vucevic. However, I got a little excited because 
when I first saw the notification, I thought it said I thought it said Nikola Jokic, <laughs> and I about lost my mind because he is like on yeah. an MVP tear right now. Right. And I was like, they acquired Nikola Jokic. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Mainly because Arturis Karnaschovas helped. Sol- he evaluated, scouted, and sol- basically helped select Jokic oh, yeah. in the second round for the for Denver. So there's like a connection. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, crazy. oh. <laughs> anyway. Oh man. Yeah. Well, and then real quick, I'll just say you made a really good point there. Like a lot of Bulls fans are also Bears fans, and that's probably a reason for some pessimism. I see the same thing a lot right now with Michigan basketball fans who are also Michigan football fans, unlike myself, thankfully. Um, I've moved on from the football team, but like some of that pessimism. I should have have taken a chance. I should have taken a chance this week to interview some Florida and Florida State fans. (laughs) There you go. While we were down here. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. Not college basketball but for football no i'm saying for you for for football right right yeah yeah my recruitment would you be more inclined would you be more inclined to do florida or florida state i feel like Uh, florida is hard for you just because urban meyer yeah and sec i just hadn't been as big of a fan of the sec i could see probably florida state honestly yeah yeah i don't know um, like stealing, stealing lobster, stealing crab legs. Yeah, right. Oh, crab legs. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Eating um, W's. Yeah, but that is a good point. I think, and you see, or like Lions fans right now who are just saying like same old Lions. Well, yeah, but it's also a completely new front office. So front offices can change, and you have to keep that in mind. And you definitely can't compare like bring your pessimism from one franchise into another one. So the bulls are their own team as disappointing as the bears front office has been bulls front office needs to be looked at differently. And the bulls office needs to be looked at differently than the bulls office of years past. Like, so yeah, I think that's, I just wanted to mention that too, because I think that's a really good point. It relates to our theme of frustration. It relates to pessimism of sports fan bases. Um, but it's one of the things I end up like fighting against the most with fans of my own teams is yep. yeah. That kind of <laughs> doubt. So good point. Yeah. Well, uh, before we have one more news topic and then just one segment for you today on this special spring break flu season episode. Um, <laughs> but uh, before we get onto that, let me just tell you about our sponsor points bet points bet uh, is a, the America's fastest online, fastest growing online bookmaker, um, and they're they're just awesome. I can't say enough about how much I enjoy playing on points bet. I love you put it really well, man. Michigan hat. I think it was last week you said points bet does a great job in making everything very easy and convenient for me to lose my money, <laughs> which is honestly a ringing endorsement yeah. for points bet. It means that they have made it a fun platform. It is easy to use and Frank losing money. It's not points bets fault, right? <laughs> right. That's part of gambling. And we encourage you of course, to gamble responsibly. It, it can be fun. Please remember gambling is entertainment. Don't be like, Oh man, I need I need to save up. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't be like me on the Michigan hat and think you're playing the stock market. Okay, (laughs) common (laughs) Um, mistake. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. This is put you know put a little bit here. Whatever you whatever you feel comfortable potentially losing, 
put down to help enhance your sports watching. That's the way we look at it here on Frustration Nation and on the Scorecast. So please gamble responsibly. One eight hundred Gambler for counseling and referral services. Um, but yeah, so go to points bet and when you sign up, use our code frustrate F R U S T R A T E and you will get a deposit match from anywhere from fifty to two hundred fifty dollars. Uh, so that means if you put down fifty, you actually get a hundred. If you put down two fifty, you actually get five hundred, and any amount that gets doubled anywhere in between. So please take advantage of that deal for us on points bet. Right now, we're only valid in Illinois, Iowa, and New Jersey. Hoping to expand that here pretty soon. Uh, it is void where prohibited, and you must be twenty-one or older. And I already told you that you need to call one eight hundred gambler if you have a gambling problem. So. Once again, points bet, frustrate, F-R-U-S-T-R-A-T-E. Go sign up. Use our code. Win some money. And uh, back me, not Michigan hat. All right. Well, speaking of our front offices and just kind of like, frankly, front offices traumatizing fans. (laughs) And really just, it's amazing when you become an adult how much more you hate sports teams like mm. as a kid mm-hmm. as a kid you look at different athletes and stuff you're like whoa like a professional athlete like this is so cool and you love to see yeah you just like to see athlete like it, it's so innocent as a kid when you're watching sports it's just cool to see these mm-hmm. people that are famous playing a game um i mean for example like a couple years ago there was this kid at a blackhawks game who was wearing a Mitchell Trubisky jersey, and this Blackhawks game was taking place on October 30th, and they had like a little like during an intermission thing where they have somebody going around on skates and like asks people questions or whatever. I don't remember, but they went and asked this one boy a question, and they're just like, "What are you gonna be for Halloween?" And he's like, "I'm Mitchell Trubisky," and the whole stadium booed, <laughs> and it's just like. Right. It, 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 Anyway, the point is, I, that's totally a side story. It's just funny mm-hmm. and very Chicago, by the way. The the it's problem like a is Philly thing too. They do stuff yeah, like that all the time. Yeah, it's very Philly. Yeah. Uh, the problem is, is that when you are older and you understand that sports is a business, it really makes you that much more frustrated with so many things. And mm-hmm. what makes the reason I'm talking about this. Uh, is not because of the praise that I'm giving Arturs Karnaschovas. It is because of the disdain and frustration that the Ricketts family have been bringing upon Cubs fans. When the Tribune was set to sell the Cubs back in like 09, and the Ricketts bought it, a lot of Cubs fans were back backing them because oh, this is a family from Chicago, they're very wealthy, um, and they, like, love the Cubs, specifically Tom Ricketts. Hmm. Tom Ricketts, like, season ticket holder. He loves the bleachers. Like, he loves, you know, cheering on the Cubs with, quote-unquote, common people. And he met his wife in the bleachers. Like, he lives and breathes Cubs. Like, he's the perfect candidate to be the owner of the Cubs. And... Um, so a lot of people were on his side. He hired Theo Epstein. Everyone was like, yes, he got the savior. Theo Epstein's going to come. Theo Epstein's like, look, we're going to tear down this team. We're going to be really bad for several years, but we're eventually going to win a World Series. 
that happened. And the Cubs have had a string of successful years, even though it's just been one World Series. And now they're kind of at a crossroads. Theo Epstein's gone. Some of the other, some of the faces of the core is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we do? And the Ricketts seem to continually make what feels like the wrong decisions. And it especially comes down to when spending money. The Cubs could have spent money to keep Schwarber and Lester this year. They could have spent money to acquire somebody like a Trevor Bauer um, or keep you Darvish instead of trade him away. Um, do something to bolster your overall roster to give just you know one more shot or maybe two years more shot at running to a World Series. Uh, but instead, the Ricketts closed the pocketbook, and it feels very convenient to Cubs fans. It feels like the Ricketts were just like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we had COVID, and so we didn't get to make much money off that. Meanwhile, the Cubs are worth $4 billion. So it, it just feels very scummy that the Ricketts have been playing hardball with fans, it feels like, and with players this whole offseason. Well, things just got personal because you thought that you were going to, you know, it's one thing for you to trade away you Darvish. It's one thing for you to not re-sign John Lester. But you are getting Tom Ricketts. You are flirting with disaster by hard balling Anthony freaking Rizzo. I what I'm about to say is going to make him sound like he's the best baseball player in the world. I know he's not, okay? Yeah. I know that. He's probably not even the best baseball player on the Cubs, but he is the heart and the soul of your team. He has said time and again he wants to be a Cub for life. And he again, he's the heart and the, he is the quintessential Cub. Somebody called him the Mr. Cub of our generation, and I 100% back that. Because it's not just about his play on the field, but it's about his character as well. And that's why he feels um, like a guy, if you get rid of him, you'll never get as much as he's actually worth to the team. Because exactly. another team's going to bring him in based on what he does on the field solely. Which, I mean, yep. that is basically what you should base your... But it's like, for your trade value, are you really getting the value for leadership, the value for what he brings to the city and to the fans, you know? Yeah. So he is he is the face of this franchise. Mm-hmm. He still is a very consistent player. He's in his young 30s, so he's a little over the hill in terms of baseball. Mm-hmm. But but he plays a position you can play also, when you're older, look, too. So. True. That's true. He took... When he had an opportunity to have an extension with the Cubs back in 2015, I think it was, he took a he took a team friendly deal mm-hmm. for the purpose so that they could build a World Series team. And now you're about you're coming out here and you're gonna hardball him. I'm telling you, like this guy Anthony Rizzo is a fan favorite. He's the face of your franchise. Like and that's why I said things just got personal because it's one thing again if you're gonna hardball all these other guys that. You know, there's kind of some divisiveness among fans, whether they like him or not. Every Cubs fan loves Anthony Rizzo. Every Cubs fan does. Mm-hmm. And Anthony Rizzo kept saying, there's a report that came out that they were talking about an extension before the season started and all this stuff. And then um, there were reports that the Cubs made an offer and that it wasn't what Rizzo wanted. 
And so now it looks like it might not happen at all, an extension. So, And Rizzo's been speaking now as though this will be his last year with the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Like It really feels like the Ricketts may have botched this entire situation. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if Rizzo is not on the Cubs after this season, the Ricketts are going to see ticket prices go down. Or not mm-hmm. ticket prices, ticket... Um, sales. purchases yeah. ticket sales mm-hmm. go down i really firmly believe that i it, hmm. i cannot stress enough how rizzo is the soul of that team and even if the even if the cubs do trade away chris bryant if they do trade away Contreras or Baez or whomever else you would feel like as a cubs fan at least we still have rizzo and rizzo is so fun and he's like fun loving like everyone loves him mm-hmm. um if you but if you trade away those guys and you also don't have Rizzo, why else does anybody want to come watch the Cubs? <laughs> so yeah. mark my words on this here episode 85 of Frustration Nation. Uh, check back with me in a year. If all of these things happen, there's a lot that has to happen. But if a lot of these big players get traded and Anthony Rizzo does not get an extension with the Cubs, watch the ticket sales suffer. <laughs> okay? Trust me. it's just frustrating and i don't know all the details of the situation but he seems like the a no-brainer to extend Hmm. so all right uh well we have one segment and it is effing hypotheticals and most of these questions are spring break themed (laughs) sorry let me try that again without yawning most of these questions are spring break themed (laughs) <laughs> all right so do you want to ask the only non-spring break theme question sure yeah this will start off with a more serious one um so the nfl has announced i think officially um it's been talked about kind of rumored for a couple of weeks and i think it's official now um the, yeah. the 17 game schedule yep. and i think i mean i think it's just like a probationary thing for this coming year but i'm assuming will it will continue um because more opportunities to make the playoffs. Obviously, they've, they've been renegotiating TV deals. The NFL has. I'm assuming a lot of this is based I on think that. They're, so, I, I think what I – my understanding is they're, they're wanting to go down to two preseason games. Yeah. And then extending the regular season. And I think it, that's going to be like that for quite a while moving forward because that affects yeah. – like you, you got to have to negotiate all that with the TV providers and all that so let's assume 17 game schedule for the foreseeable future how long do you believe it will be until a team goes oh for 17 uh a long freaking time you think okay because it already like everyone was writing off the jets is like this jets team is one of the worst teams in Mm -hmm. football i've ever seen and they still somehow played themselves out of getting trevor lawrence um (laughs) Which is like which is the, the worst most Jets team ever, <laughs> right? Um, right. Like even I don't lose, even know right? <clears throat> exactly. Um, like, look, we've had two teams: the 08 Lions, and what year was the Browns? Was it 0 and 16? 15? 11? Oh yeah, it was earlier than that. I can't remember. Look, let's look. Could you Google it for me? Yeah. Um, but both. I mean. When you consider, I don't know, it's going to take a very special team to go 0-17. Very special. Um, 
So I think it's going to be a very long time. So it was 2017. Um, oh, wow. That was and that was, that was Hugh Jackson, which he's been in the news recently. Have you seen all this stuff? No. <laughs> he's like, he did a radio interview just today and yesterday. This has been coming out. And he claimed he was offered a secret contract extension during that 06 and 16 season. He's saying that basically what? he was the fall guy, that there was like a bad culture, that it was the analyst, the like the the numbers guys against the football guys. He said that on oh, draft night, no. he wasn't even, they didn't even let him know who they were going to select because I guess they thought he was going to leak it to the media. So going into the draft, he had no idea who they were even taking. Like, he just, he's oh, done like word. a tell all, pr- try to promote a new book that's coming out, which makes of sense. Of course. Yeah, yeah, obviously. But yeah, he's been dropping bombs. Uh, Dang. <laughs> so yeah, it's been. Seems. Yeah. So yeah. Any, anyway, anyway, um, I I think it's gonna take a very special team because okay. as you've seen in past years, and including again the Jets, like no matter how bad you are, football football is so random mm-hmm. that you're going to luck yourself into one win, and yeah. now you've increased the possibility of you lucking into one win. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it'll be a very long time before we get 0-17. I wonder, and obviously that's the right answer, because it, it takes so much to go winless. Like, like you said, the Jets are a good example. Um, but I kind of wonder if the discrepancy is going to grow, where it seems like more and more teams are going to – Maybe not officially tank, but be that bad. Um, like the power think, imbalance growing in the NFL for a couple you think it's reasons. It's going to become like the NBA. I don't know if it'll be to that level, but increasingly that way. Um, I don't want that. No, like the parity right now, I think is good for the league. But you just see, like, um, I don't know. I think part of it maybe also will have to do with more playoff spots available potentially means that more mid-level teams are going to be in it longer trying to compete, which means that there's going to be more teams late in the season, keeping starters in, which in a lot of, sometimes those have been the wins that bad teams get at the end of the year. Um, Right. So I don't know. I, I mean, if I had to guess, I'd say more than five years, less than 10 years. So I'd pick like closer well, to ten. On but. this here episode eighty five of Frustration Nation, <laughs> remember man, Michigan Hat said within the next decade. So basically by twenty thirty. Yeah, I think we'll have a O seventeen team. Yep. Will it be the Lions? I hope not. <laughs> the, I, <laughs> I mean, because the the Lions are hoping to be pretty bad the next couple years and then start contending, yeah. but I don't think they'll be O and seventeen bad. I mean, I'm thinking which now you have to like redo the whole records, because I was gonna say like five wins but now with the extra game i could see them being like six and eleven five and what what okay so let's go one further within a decade oh and 17 who is that team (sighs) please say the packers (laughs) be awesome (laughs) i could honestly see the jaguars again like even if you get lawrence if something happens and that doesn't work out and I, the main reason I think that is because Urban Meyer has a history of when things go bad, he bails. Um, so if things don't work there, they, their culture isn't strong enough to like um, guarantee they're going to find another guy right away. And so if it doesn't work out with them, I could see them spiraling into another rebuild. 
Um, and they've already shown think, the willingness to kind of trade everybody away and pretty much tank. Uh, I do think the Lions, the Browns, and the Jaguars would be like the holy trinity of going over yeah. for a season. <laughs> Feels like the next one should be the Jaguars, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> or the Jets, yeah. If the, Jets, the Jets, Jets, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, they're a big enough city that it feel they're at least going to be trying. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think so- I think uh, Salah could be really good. Yeah, in he'll be interesting. Yeah, he he feels like I feel like a defensive minded head coach is what like the blue collar class of New York wants in their and, football. And team. I think he you know ma- I mean? he becomes like a safer coach. Like maybe his yeah. ceiling's not super high. Like I'd say like Urban Meyer, his ceiling is probably higher than Salah's. The but, bigger question everyone has yeah. is what is we didn't even talk about this in our main topic. But what is going to happen in this draft? Because we saw yeah. the Niners pull off a crazy trade with the Dolphins, and the Dolphins traded with the Eagles. And so now the Niners are picking, what, fourth third, overall? Third, third overall. But then they and came the out Dol- and said that they're still sticking with Jimmy Garoppolo, right. which is that like a one-year thing? Are they going to try to do a, a Jordan Love situation? Or, I yeah who knows um yeah but i guess we'll guess we get to find that that out and really i mean the draft is like three weeks away or something like it's coming Exciting, pretty yeah. fast yeah i mean once uh, baseball starts i'm going to be locked in on baseball i'm going to need a break from college basketball obviously which will be coming up soon and then after the draft i'm in full nfl offseason mode like up until the draft we, i don't even th- really think about the lions that much yeah um but yeah just just so everyone knows we're coming up on a very special date we're coming up on our one year anniversary of starting frustration nation we've almost when done this a year uh <laughs> i don't know the is exact it in may date. Sometime no or? it's like april 13th or something okay so it's in april like it's very soon okay we'll find anyway. out anyway date is and yeah We'll find out what it is and probably not do anything about it. Classic. Except mention it. Yeah. Yeah. Happy happy anniversary, honey. Here's a kiss. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, Number two. And so now the rest of these are spring break questions. Um, If you had tickets for three for a cruise and you could only pick two athletes to travel with you alive or dead. Hmm. Which athletes would you take with you? And by the way, this question was inspired by the I'm on a boat music video. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Of course, you, had to, three... you had to watch that as like to get yourself in the right mindset for the Florida trip. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hmm. I'm thinking of like, what do I want my cruise to look like? Do I want it to be like. Just fun. I pick a couple people who are entertaining and it would be just fun to hang out with that long. Um, Because there's some people I could pick that make that really interesting. But realistically, would I want to hang out with them that long? Like, I could do like a controversy themed one. I could do like a Tanya Harding and Lance Armstrong (laughs) cruise, you know? You know, you could do do like Ray Lewis. And uh, OJ, <laughs> yeah, like a you, you murder. Do that one, a, yeah, murder mystery cruise. Yeah, right. You could have like a whole setup and did they do get, it? Get, assign each of them different characters. It could be like Clue on a cruise ship. <laughs> I like that. OJ with the gloves 
in the Bronco. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. But then, yeah. Um, It depends what kind of cruise you want. Interesting. Yeah, I got to think here. Um, I think... I think I would want to just have a good time and I think I would want to just like totally just be bros on this cruise, <laughs> like just totally hanging out, playing some racquetball or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know, just like super chill, whatever. Um, so the first choice is simple and that's Rob Gronkowski. Nice. He's like the broiest bro that could ever bro. So he's easy choice there. Um, this other one may surprise you, but I feel like he could be a really good choice for just having fun and be a really good source of laughter. And that'd be Shaquille O'Neal. I feel like yeah, yep. having the combo of Shaquille O'Neal and Rob. Well, listeners, this wasn't planned, but we had some technical difficulties allegedly i still believe that furious george just decided to leave early to make his tea time but that is yet to be proven um but the rest of this episode unfortunately has been lost because of those technical difficulties so we're going to go ahead and close it out here furious george has left me in my sickly state back here in indiana to piece this episode together thanks a lot you jerk that is what i am frustrated about today what about you Share your frustrations with us or about us at Real FN Podcast on social media or frustrationnation at shootyourshotsports.com. Go voice your frustrations and leave us a review. And if you're frustrated that this episode is over because you want to hear more, be sure to look for new episodes every Tuesday everywhere you can get podcasts and be sure to subscribe. If you get as frustrated as we do or you just enjoy hearing us gab, consider supporting us on Patreon for a monthly subscription or Venmo tip jar for one-time donations. Every little bit helps. Even $1, which Furious George wouldn't have to pay any taxes on if he just stayed in Florida, makes a big difference for us. We appreciate the support. Now get out there and frustrate the hate.